Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back. I am Pastor Stephen. Uh, I am, yeah, I mean, I don't mind the cheers, you know, it makes me feel good. Uh, I am the, uh, the English campus pastor. Uh, today, we're continuing our conversation on God Speaks. It's part two. Um, and I, I love this whole, this whole sermon, really, sermon series on experiencing God, especially God Speaks, because I relate it to a relationship. Let me just give you a little story. Uh, maybe you did this when you were younger. I'm talking to the men in the room. When I was first... Um... <laughs> okay, me and Pearl knew, have known each other for a long time. We met at our Christian day camp. It was associated with the church. And after knowing each other for five or so years, I grew feelings for Pearl. So I was like, I got some wise counsel. I was like, all right, God, let me, I want to make sure I share this with her. Some, some things happened in her life. I wanted to share how, with her how I felt. I took her to the park. I got the counsel. I was like, you know what? It's going to be a romantic moment. She's going to feel it, and she's going to be like running into it. So I get to the park. I'm walking around, and first of all, while we're driving to the park, she, I, I felt like she thought I was going to kill her or something. It was all these questions. What's, what's going on? What's do, all these different things. I wasn't kidnapping her, but it, it may have felt that way. Um, so I get her to the park, and I tell my wife, how I feel, that I'm falling in love with her and it won't go away. I didn't use those exact words. The words that I used probably couldn't be said in the church, right? But that it won't go away. I'm going to tell you how important communication is in a relationship. I told her how I felt. The very next thing she did was switch the subject and never talk about it again for five months. <laughs> five months. Do you know how, how tough that is in a relationship not to talk about a subject that you thought was near and dear? It's you guys begging and pleading for God. God, come through in this area, and you feel like God is silent. For five months. Like, I, don't, I think you guys think I'm joking. Our first date was December 26. I don't even know what year it was. That was our first date. I told her in July. Five months of silence. All I had to hold on to was what I felt about her. And then I started hearing from her friends. Don't worry about it, Stephen. She just, she just processing. You are a great man. I knew I was a great man. First of all, look at all this, right? But she, uh, she's just processing. Just hang in there. She got to figure all these things because there was a lot of things going on, right? If I look at her life, she was Indian. I'm black. She was from South Africa. I was from Detroit, right? There, she was super smart, and I was not so much. There's a lot of differences in her life. She's Let's just say she's a little bit older than me, and I'm a little bit younger. She could have babysit me. That's how old she is. But that's not even the point. She's a little bit older than me, and I was a little bit younger. There was a lot for her to process. But you know what? I'm glad she processed it. I'm glad she finally came to her senses and woke up and realized the package that was in front of her. I'm saying this humorously because when I talk about God speak, that's how we feel. We feel like God woke up and finally came to his senses and finally came through for you. But you don't see all the things that's happening in the background. You don't see all the dynamics that God is working on. It's not just you that he has to work on. Maybe it's a financial blessing and God's like, I have to talk to this person. 
I've been working on this person's heart. I've been dealing with this person for years to follow through with it, right? Maybe it's a healing. I got to work. I have, I know you're begging for healing, but I don't think you're ready yet. I know I have healed you, but you, your heart is not positioned correctly. Maybe it's a family member who's not saved. You're like, God, come through for this person. You've been praying for years. God's like, I am working on this person. I have, I have sent many people time and time again to speak to this person over and over again so I can draw them close to me. Just give it time. You guys, today, as we talk about God speak, understand that God is working in the background. And everything I share today happens to be about those background things that God works through. Because in this day and age, as we learned last week, God is speaking through the Holy Spirit. Back in the Old Testament, he spoke to the prophets in many different times in many different ways. In the Gospels, when Jesus was here, he spoke to Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, unless I die, you can't get this gift. And now that Jesus is dead, he's not dead right now, he's alive and well. But now that Jesus has left us, he didn't leave us alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit that now speaks to us. So today, we're going to jump into it, talk about how God speaks to us. What things do God use primarily to speak through us? You know what I like to do when I, when I first got married? I used to like to write pearl notes, or even when we were dating. I don't do that no more because, you know, <laughs> I'm married. She can't go nowhere. But I probably should. I probably should. But I would write her little stupid notes. It wasn't even, I thought it wasn't romantic, but, I thought, but she cherished them, right? It will be like, roses are red, violins are blue, I love the way your face look, and your feet don't smell bad too. You know, those type of, it was just little cute things I would write her, and she would cherish those notes. And you know what? There's some notes that she kept to this day that she can read right now. She has, I'm not sure if she still has a book, whatever, wherever she collects it, but she has my notes. Do you know those words that I wrote in that note, those notes, as just as powerful as me speaking to her today? Bear with me. This was God's notes to us. In the relationship, this was God's words, his notes to us. He said, I love you. He said, I, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That greater is he that is in you than he does in the world. He said that you are the light of the world, like a, a city on a hill, hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one likes a lamp puts it on a basket. Instead of lamps placed on a stand, we'll give light to everyone in the house. And the same way, let your good deeds shine for everybody to see. Say, everybody, praise your Heavenly Father. That was fast. But the point is, there's so much more in this book. He said, healing is the children's bread. There's so much more that he wrote in this book. One of the primary ways he speaks to us today is through his word. And I know some of you guys like, we're in, bear with me. Okay. We're in a season where we really want to experience God. I'll take it even a step further. We want to encounter God. Something we feel like it should be tangible and real. I love it. Through our Bible study, we're learning that when we read our word and that word becomes alive in us, that's us encountering God. We can't learn anything about God unless he reveals it to us. I'll explain it. I'll read it in the scripture. I don't even know where that is. I'm sure it's somewhere in these notes. Okay. All right, it says this in 1 Corinthians 2, 14. But the natural, unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teaching and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness, absurd, and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritual, discerned, and appreciated. Appreciated? Sure. 
And if he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters, uh, and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters, but the spiritual man, the spiritual mature Christian judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. Understand, truth does not lead you to an encounter with God, which is the word of God. It is an encounter with God. You cannot understand God's purpose and ways unless the spirit of God teaches you it. If God reveals spiritual truth to you through the passages of scripture, you have encountered God himself. Let's just take a second. How many of you guys have ever, you don't have to raise your hands, I know, because that's childish, I don't want to raise my hand, but how many of you guys have ever read the, the Bible and, like, you, you read the same scripture over and over again, and then that one time you read it, it came alive? I like to say it's because the Bible is deeper than it is long, right? As you're reading the scripture, you can read the same scripture over and over again, but God will speak that one time to you, and that one scripture will come alive to you, that's your encounter with God. That's the Holy Spirit illuminating that fact that that scripture applies to your life. Here's what happened, and this has happened to me multiple times. I have read the Bible, I have read a text in my quiet time, and I just start bawling and crying. I know men in the audience, you're like, I don't cry. Well, I do. I'm a pansy, and I will admit it, right? I would read a text of Scripture, and it will come alive, and it's almost like God shows up in the room, and I just break down crying because I realize that me as a man... Is nothing without him. I realized that he loved me so much to show me and reveal to me the truth of the scripture at this point in my life. I was reading this morning in God's word in the book of, I think I was looking the book of Luke, and something came alive and I was like, thank you God because I know that I hear you and you are revealing a truth to me. Do you know how powerful it is? I go back to relationship. When you get a love note, and you understand what that person is saying, how much they love you, it means so much more. If I, when we were in camp, when we worked at camp, I would write notes all the time. And I, I, I don't know why I didn't write it to the guys, but I would write notes to the girls all the time. All the girls. Y'all think, like, I would write, like, 30 notes and put them in the 30 girls' baskets so they can open it up and go, ooh, somebody said I'm cute. Right? I was special. It didn't mean anything. Who did the note mean most to? My wife. I can randomly write you guys a note. And yes, you will say thank you. I appreciate it. But it means more when you have a relationship with that person. And it means more when you actually understand what that person is saying. What if I wrote you a note and it was all gibberish? For instance, what if I wrote you a note in all, uh, I was going to say Pakistani, and I don't even know what language they speak, in a different language and you couldn't understand it. How much more is it important that the note is in your language? Understand God's word is his truth. God's word comes alive only because of the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. So I don't want to stay on this point long, but I just want to hit out one of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us today is through his word. It's a love note. Another way the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through prayer. And this should be common sense, right? Prayer is communication. Prayer is a two-way conversation. I'm sweating. I think it's, it is because of sweater. All right? Prayer is a two-way conversation. It shouldn't just be you talking. And if it's just you talking, you're missing the whole point of prayer. Prayer is our opportunity. Yes, 
to lay at God's feet what things we have on our mind. But understand that God knows your thoughts. He knows what's on your heart. It should be your opportunity that you go before the face of God and say, God, what are you revealing to me at this time? What do you want to show me? Where are you leading me? Who should I talk to next? Who should I be praying for? Prayer is more than just you and what I need because then that becomes a selfish relationship. If I sat down and had a conversation with my wife and I did all the talking, that is very selfish. She would leave the conversation like, I had so much I wanted to say, but I couldn't say it. And I've had times with my wife where we're in a conversation and she will cut me off. And I don't want to continue the conversation because I felt like I had something I wanted to share and then she jumps right in and cut me off. I no longer want to share because I'm the emotional one. The same thing goes with God. Let's stop making God such a, 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 a being that's unreachable, untouchable. He is our heavenly father and he desires a relationship. So if you think about prayer like you think about your time spent with your loved one, then you talk a little bit and then you listen a little bit. You get what I'm saying? You got two ears and one mouth. So how about you stop and listen twice the time that you're actually talking? I'm just giving you suggestions because he can't speak to you through prayer. And again, I'm not standing on this point. I just want to touch on these things really quick. And there's biblical uh, proof of this. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says this. Uh, That's not what I want to do. But I'll say it anyway. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, it says this. Now all glory to God, who is able to do through, oh, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or think. Here's the picture of prayer. It's, it's God takes the initiative by causing you to want to pray. Because that's ultimately what happens in prayer. God takes the initiative to cause you to want to pray. Then the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and reveals to you his will. Then you pray in agreement with what God's will is. You adjust your life to that truth. You look and listen for confirmation or further direction by the Bible, circumstances, and the church, and what to do, then you obey. And then God works, and, I mean, works in you and through you to accomplish his purpose. So if we're doing prayer correctly, we're following those, those kind of lines. This is what they teach us in the book, right? Let's go over to the last thing. The, the, the next thing is circumstances. I wanna, I'm going to stay on this point for a while today because I like circumstances. And I'll say this first. In John chapter 15, it says this, verse 17. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. So Jesus explained, the truth, I mean, I'll tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees his father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even the greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. One of the things when we're looking at circumstances is we're looking at how Jesus did it. Jesus didn't do unless he saw his father doing. Right? So when we look at this whole circumstances, the good way is we see what God is doing and we line our life up and we do what God does. Um, 
the, that's the beautiful side, right? If you heard from God to do a certain thing and you actually followed through what he told you to do, you saw him moving, you did those things. I'd like to give you examples, just, just to give you a picture. Me moving here to Georgia, I saw God moving in that circumstance, right? He reached out to me out of nowhere and said, hey, would you come check this out? This is Pastor Jody. And so we kind of followed his footsteps, right? God moving in circumstances. Um, uh, a better, uh, another situation of circumstances I'm just trying to get to you right now is... Um, Godly, putting on kids camp. So Windshape Kids Camp, we saw God moving and was like, we want to do something with our community where we can reach a whole bunch of kids. And so then another pastor from around town, Pastor Eric, reached out to us and said, hey, we're, we want to put on this camp. We saw God moving in circumstances and we joined in it. That's the good side. When you see God moving and you join in, in those circumstances, you're like, oh God, I hear you speaking, I can follow through. But what if those circumstances are negative? What if those circumstances don't look pretty? What if they're not positive? That's what I want to hit in on today. Because some of us have negative circumstances, and we're trying to hear God about those negative circumstances. Here's what I want you to know. If you haven't heard from truth, your circumstances will not change. I like to call it fact versus truth. Here's facts. If you needed to find out the weather, you would go look on your app and see what's the weather like today, Correct? If you want to find out the score of a game, you go look and see from our app, you can check the score of the game. If you want to find out, even if you want to find out how you're doing health-wise, you'll go to the doctor, you get a health report. Those are facts in your life. I look at it as facts versus truth. The truth is what God's word says. So, just so, so that we're clear, facts often change. In your own personal life, facts often change. At one moment, you could have a bank account loaded. Then something drastic happened, and then your bank account is, uh, uh, is now zero. Those are facts. At one moment, you could have been, when you were younger, in your 20s, you were strong, you were healthy, you could run around for hours. As you got a little bit older, like myself, put on a little bit more weight, you can't run as fast. You can't pick up as much facts in your life. But what about truth? If God's word says you are healed and you're not walking in healing, does that mean God's word is not true? Amen. If God's word said he shall supply for your every need, and you are not getting your every need supplies, does that mean God's word is not true? Truth is a person. And I love that they say this in, the, in, in here. Because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is a person. And so I, I, I want to stay here because I feel like God wants to hit home with us because I stop. Let's go to the let's go to read this in, in the scripture in Matthew chapter eight. We want to look at circumstances and how truth showed up and truth changed the circumstances. Matthew chapter eight, verse 23. You can flip there as I sweat again. <laughs> okay. Verse 23. Thank you, Lord. Then Jesus got into the boat, and they started across the lake with his disciples. It says, suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. 
Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. I want to look at fact versus truth. They were on the boat, the disciples. Jesus told them that we're going to the other side. And as they got in the boat, storm came out of nowhere. So much so that it caused the, the trained disciples to freak out about drowning. They woke up Jesus, who was truth. Jesus calmed the storm. In your life, storms happen. Storms come out of nowhere. Your child acts up in school. You get fired from your job. The economy crashes and tanks. You get a bad health report. In your life, storms rise out of nowhere that causes your life facts to change. But when you get a word from truth, he says, why are you afraid? Jesus got up. They woke Jesus up out of nowhere. Jesus was like, I was in my sleep. What are you doing? I told you we're going over to the other side. And his disciples woke him up out of fear. It's okay to be afraid, but who are you going to? Remember, Jesus said, I am the truth. So if truth in your life is not lining up with God's word, it's time for our truth to line up with God's word. If the facts in your life don't line up with God's word, it's time for our facts to line up with God's word. If you're right now, if you're struggling with, I'm not, I just want to understand this. If God's word says that you're supposed to be healed and there's a sickness in your body, then that, your body is a lie. Your body is those facts that need to change and, and, and needs to, it needs to submit and surrender itself to God's word. I want you to understand, before I got up here, my back was hurting. And Ryan and them in the lobby can contest of it. Mr. Terry can contest of it because I was laying down. I'm like, what's going on with my back? I haven't felt a pain in my back since I've been up here. Yeah. But understand, it's not because I did anything. It's because I believe God's word. When I was young, I was in a coma. I had chicken pox inside of me. I was supposed to die. That same power that healed me back then is still available today. The facts of my life said I was supposed to be in a a coma. I was supposed to be in a vegetable state for the rest of my life. Those were facts that the doctors, in all their good abilities and, and good powers and good knowledge, they came and gave them those facts. And those facts, they sounded correct. But those facts are not what his truth said. The storms came up in my own personal life. And God, my parents and my grandparents believed the truth. And truth prevailed. The storm came up with my back hurting before I came in here. And I'm like, well, I can't stand up and walk straight. But I chose to believe his truth. And his truth prevails. If you choose to believe his truth, his truth will prevail in your own personal life. Don't matter what it looks like. I don't... We're talking about a relationship. Thank you, Lord. If you understand how much God loves you and cares for you, then you won't believe the lies that the enemy try to put in your head. Because our facts are not always truth. Do you know, my brothers, I, I hope he's not listening, 
Um, if he does, it doesn't matter. Um, my brother and his wife, they were walking into, they were going through, followed through the steps of being divorced. They were fed up with each other. This month, this was last year. In April, him and his wife are going on a, a 30-day vacation together. That's less than a year, and their, their marriage has turned around? You can't tell me truth won't prevail in your life. They sought wise counsel. They got God into the situation. When you include and they believe the truth that what man put together, let no one put apart. What God put together, let no one put apart. When you allow God's truth to come into your life, it will change your facts. I'm staying here because I was raised in the whole Bible-believing faith movement. And I've gotten away from it. Just because it was a, it was a big no-no, right? It was, we, we don't do that. That's not how you work. Word, I mean, how you work. That's not what God's word says. But hold on. If we're supposed to know the truth and the truth will set us free, then why am I not walking by faith? Why am I allowing these things to affect me? Why am I allowing the storms to tell me what's truth as opposed to God's word? Another story in the Bible. Maybe you, you read it before. Is Peter and Paul, Peter and Paul, Paul and Silas, they had got a word from God. And it was in this land, it's, it's in Acts, I believe, 16 or 17. Paul and Silas got a word from God. And it says that from that word, they went to an area, and they, they got to the area, and they got surrounded by a whole bunch of believers, and still nothing changed. Right? They, they felt like they were called to this area to, to preach gospel to somebody to get saved. And they got to this area, and nothing changed. And then they came across somebody who was demon-possessed. And Paul rebukes the demon out of that person. And after rebuking the demon out of that person, he get beat up. Him and Silas get beat up. They get stripped, and they get thrown into prison. And it says that at midnight, Paul and Silas were praising, were singing praises to God and praying unto God. And it said that the, there was a big earthquake, and it loosed the jail cell. And then it says that the jailer in the jail was about to kill himself, and Paul calls out to him and said, don't do that. And then he goes into that guy's house and proclaims the gospel to that family. If you notice what happened was, circumstances completely changed for the worse. I don't know if you've ever been beat and stripped. I'm not sure if you've ever been in a fight where you lost. I'm not sure if you ever lost everything and you were thrown into the jail, into the dungeon, and you felt like all was lost. But notice what Paul and Silas did. They went to the one who knew was true. They looked at their circumstances and said, this is not going out well. We know you called us here, but it's not turning out to the way we thought it was going to turn out. Sometimes in your own personal life, you could be following God and it don't turn out the way you think it. When we were called down here, everything was working out great. Everything was fine. But then all of a sudden, it felt like our finances went through a crazy time. The debt mountain started to get really bad. But no matter what my circumstances look like, if God has called us here, then he will provide. He is our source. He is our provider. I'm challenging you guys to raise your expectation 
of what you believe in God. If God called you to an area, sometimes it won't work out the way you think it will. I'm sorry about that. I'm just trying to get the sweat down. If God called you to an area, sometimes it's not going to work out the way you planned. Sometimes you and your wife won't see eye to eye. What are you going to do then? What if you're doing everything you know is right and still you lose your job? What do you do then? What if you get a bad report from the doctor? What do you do then? Do you go after and try to get it your own way and figure out in your own thoughts? Or are you going to seek truth? Are you going to seek the one who provides the truth? Because you have a relationship with that truth. I know I'm, I feel like I'm staying on this point for a while, but I want you to understand. Understand a simple message that God is trying to reveal. That if your life is not lining up with what he said it's supposed to line up, then it's time for us to get our life to line up like that. And I want to challenge you guys to be obedient to do whatever he calls you to do in that, in that term. Whatever it is. If God causes you to, hmm, if God causes you to give something away and you're like, God, I don't have it, give it away. If God causes you to go take a dip into a water seven times, go take a dip into the water seven times. If God causes you to call someone, call someone. Whatever it is, if truth is revealed to you, be willing to walk in that truth. Because only then will you get that truth as opposed to your facts. Final thing. Hearing from God, God speaks to the church. I was, um, I had rededicated my life twelve thirty one ninety nine, and I was sitting in the church service when this happened, and then I ended up not going back to college, and I'm serving the Lord in my local church, and I just felt like God was starting to call me to do something different. So I'm sitting in the local church. My father's a usher. It was a large church, way larger than this. And I, and I hear the message from the pastor. He gives the Abraham message. Some of you guys know this. He goes, Abraham, he tells Abram, leave your family, leave all your kinfolks, leave all this stuff, and go to a place I will show you. And from that message, me sitting in the church, I felt like God was saying, it's time for me to go to Bible college. Then someone else comes to me and confirms the same thing. Say, hey, I feel like God told you to go to Bible college. Then I get in the car with my father, and my father didn't even hear the message. But he, he wanted to come tell me, you know what? I think it's time for you to go to Bible college. God will use the church, which is people, to confirm a word in your life. That's also you hearing from God. The church is, is more than just individuals. It's a group of people together, coming together to fulfill what God has called in your life. Sometimes God will use the very people that you sit next to to speak a word into your life. So for me, it was calling me to go to Bible college. It was just confirmed. And I was like, thank you, God, because I know I hear from you, and this is so sweet. For you, it could be something completely different. I don't know if you have said in a church where God spoke a, a direct word from Pastor Jody that penetrated your heart, and then you go tell Pastor Jody, I don't know why you said that, but that was for me. And Pastor Jody goes, I didn't say that. Yeah. I've had that happen. Where I heard the pastor say one thing, and then I go talk to him, and he goes, I didn't say that. Or she goes, I didn't say that. That was the Holy Spirit speaking the word straight to your heart. That happens as well in the church. That's one of the reasons we need to be in the church. One of the reasons we come to church is not just to come sit down in the church, but it's also to get a word from the Lord sometimes. Because we need each other. 
Understand that God says, I give these gifts to the body of Christ. All these gifts I give, healing, prophecy, uh, laying on the hands, um, it, it, uh, I don't even know all the, the, the gifts, miracles, working the miracles, all these different gifts. I give this for you guys so that when you guys come together, I expect you guys to flow in these gifts. So when you come in here, expect a gift from God. Expect to hear from God and for whatever your situation may be. There was another time where me and Pearl, we were being prayed for. And God used this one couple to speak to us and say that you're bridge builders. And I was like, I don't even really know what that means. But then I heard, we heard it from them. And then I also heard it from my other pastors that you're bridge builders. And God was speaking to us. And he confirmed in our heart that you will bridge relationships between people. You will bridge relationships between ages, between colors, between genders. He said in your life, God will take you places and use you to bridge Bridge relationships with people that never been bridged before. And only when we came down here did I fully understand that. Because I have relationships with pastors outside of here that's better than family members' relationships. And I could tell you that we come from different walks of life. When I go with, hang out with my young adults, my young pastors group, these guys are young kids. They come from all walks of life. Some of them very country. Yeah, some of them very country, redneck, you know what I'm talking about, that type of thing. Some of them very country. Some of them a little bit more, a little bit more not country, you know, just Tennessee, not that bad of a country. So Alabama country, you know what I'm saying, versus Tennessee, it's a different country, right? Some of them white, some of them black, some of them Hispanic. God called us, and he confirmed that word while we were in a church service, while we were hanging out with people from the church. What word has God confirmed in your life that you heard from somebody else? That's why small groups are so important. You could be dealing with things that that small group of people may be able to help you with. If you notice in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, they sold everything they had. And they share with all that we're in need. Some of us in here may need to share with other people that are hurting. I'm not trying to tell you to empty your bank accounts and hear my heart on this. But there's people in our own congregation that you see and God's been speaking to you that it's time for you to open up your, your wallets and help that person out. Or maybe you need to invite people into your house. There's couples that are struggling that's sitting right around you and you've been married for 50 years and they need to hear from you because they need to realize I love hearing, I love hearing Ms. Mr. Bill and Miss Fonda because they fight all the time. <laughs> and it's a loving fight. Everybody know that. Mr. Bill and Mr. Fonda, Miss Fonda going to kill Mr. Bill. Like he going to die because of Miss Fonda, right? But they love each other to death. You need to get around those people like that because you're going to be like, oh, okay, it's not that bad in my household. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? That sounds bad, but you get what I'm saying. Sometimes you need to get around other couples, other parents who have kids, to realize my kids are crazy just like your kids. To realize my kids get on my nerve just like your kids get on your nerve. God can be talking you off a ledge. Yeah, mm -mm. I have talked to many people. I'm not even talking about in this church. I've talked to many people off the ledge. I'm not even talking about 
ending their life ledge. I'm talking about ruining their relationship ledge. Just because they thought theirs was the worst ever. You need people. He speaks through the church. Speaks to one another. This is equally as important as hearing from God, word, and the word of God. He placed the body of Christ. He placed you in the body of Christ, in this body of Christ, for a reason. And Pastor Jody, if he was here, he would tell you this. We're not trying to compare ourselves with other people. We're not trying to compare ourselves with Elevation Church. Lord knows we can't be Elevation Church. We're a little bit more country than Elevation Church. You get what I'm saying? (laughs) We can't be Elevation. Right? But we can be Cornerstone Church. And I think that if we understand how all the different ways that God speaks to us today, we could be even a more powerful body of Christ. Because he's want to do something in us during this season of our life. He's saying right now, in your own personal life, ask yourself, what am I calling you to do? If I called you to this body of believers, is it enough to sit in the audience and do nothing? I'm a pastor, as you guys know this, and I think oftentimes we think pastors have to do everything in a church. Let me tell you, as a pastor who's on staff here, I cannot, I cannot do everything for this church. If I tried, I would not be married. And I think you want me married. If I tried to do everything for this church, let's just say there's a list of 100 things. I can really only do one thing well. The other 99... I'm going to give it half the energy that really needs to go into it. Imagine if I was the one leading praise and worship. You think Pastor Ronnie had to start a couple of times. Come on! <laughs> Each of us can only do one thing in this house. I, I'm, I'm not saying different tasks that we got to do. But we are a body of Christ. And we should all be working together. To accomplish God's purpose for this body. I'm not sure what your purpose is, but I can guarantee you God wants to use you here. If you come here, if this is your home. Because he has placed you in the body. Everybody can't be a finger. Everybody can't be the head. Pastor Jody is the head. Some of you guys need to just be the hair on his head, right? We don't want them to look like Gary. You get what I'm saying? Some of y'all need to be the hair. Some of y'all need to be the feet, which is like children's ministry. That's the feet. You know what I'm saying? Working with kids is like toenails. <laughs> but each and every one of us has a place in this house. So as you're hearing from God, hear how God will use you. You'll be surprised what God has already placed in you right now. And how God will use you to speak to other people. So I'm going to call the worship team back up. And as they're coming up, let me tell you this. As you think about different ways that God speaks, he speaks through his word, which is his love letter to us. And I love that. His word comes alive. And I think we think we don't need anyone else. But God placed all these other things in our life for a reason. Not just his word. It's not just you and his word. If it was just his word, that would be great. But he gave us more than his word. 
He didn't just give us his word. He gave us prayer. God speaks to us through prayer so that we can have that open line of communication because he will reveal to us things in prayer that he won't reveal to us in any other way. And then we have to confirm it back with his word or somebody else confirming it through the church. But he speaks to us through the word, through prayer. He uses circumstances. The Lord knows I like circumstances. I'm, one, I'm, I'm not one of those believers that doesn't, doesn't think things happen uh, by coincidence. I'm not one of those believers. I think a lot of things happen that are not coincidental. I, I think a lot of things happen. God is like, I'm working these things out. Even if it's, I'm taking, turning around with a devil attended bat and use it for your good. So he uses circumstances. But he also uses the church. And he uses you as someone who is in the church. He wants to speak through you as well. To touch people's lives. But are you willing to be obedient? So are you here today? If you'll go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Father, if anything in this message spoke to anyone here, Lord, I think it was because of you. Holy Spirit, what are you revealing to us? What are you asking us to do? What are you saying, speaking to our heart right now? As the band begins to play, Holy Spirit, I ask you, as we just take and go into this next song, show us what you want us to do. I thank you, Lord, that we know your voice. And the voice of another, another we will not recognize. So help us to be obedient and open to that. In Jesus' name. Amen. So before you leave, let's like to say this. We're going to invite the prayer partners up. Um, if you have prayer for anything, they'll be up here. And before you leave, we just want to bless you with this prayer. As found in the book of something and something else. Um, there you go. The book of Numbers. There you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. Have a great rest of your week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.